<laughs> Makes me laugh every time now. So hi, my name's Jill and um, welcome to True North Insight. I'm Jill Davey. I'm one of the Dharma teachers with True North Insight. Uh, pardon me for laughing when you just uh, tuned in. Um, Zoom has this new recording that pops up, this voice that pops up when you start recording that is throwing me off these days. That's all. You didn't miss anything very funny at all. <laughs> hmm. So uh, credit for tonight's musings, which is, I'll call it musings tonight rather than a Dharma talk. We'll see, we'll see where, where it evolves to. Um, so credit to this, um, letting some people in here, um, goes to uh, a fellow yoga teacher and community member uh, named Noreen, who um, popped by today to see the studio. And uh, she shared this word, which I had never heard before, which uh, I was quite delighted with and thought, ah, oh, there's my Dharma theme for tonight. So the word is codywumple. <laughs> exactly, Marnie. <laughs> so uh, for people uh, on the, the Zoom chat here, I'll put it in for you to so you can see the spelling. And if you're joining us on YouTube after the fact, um, I'll also put that word down below with its definition. Uh, and so it's just so such a fun word to say in the first place, Cottywumple. It sounds like something from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory or something. It would definitely be have caramel in it and some nuts and sparkles. Cottywumple. However, it is an English word, definitely not Pali, and uh, it means to travel purposefully toward an as yet unknown destination, or sometimes it's called a, a, towards a vague destination, same thing, as yet unknown, unknown, vague destination. I know, I love this word. It's, it's um, Noreen's favorite word, and it's one of my new favorite words. Uh, so I'll just say it again for people that are trying to write it down. It's to travel purposefully toward an as yet unknown destination or vague destination. And... Uh, so this resonated for me as a theme to, well, everything sounds like Dharma to me, but it, it, it really clicked with some other synchronicities that were happening recently. One of these things has been some intergenerational conversations that have been happening around, uh, around me or including me uh, that, that I've been a part of of um, hmm, 
before I say about those conversations, another factor is um, seeing Bo Burnham's new special on Netflix. So um, if you if you haven't seen Bo Burnham, uh, he has several. I'll put it here. Burnham specials on Netflix. He's hard to categorize. He calls himself a comedian, com comedian, and um, but he's a musician and a social commentator and a you know a genius. <laughs> amazing performer and he does these one one person shows one man show of uh, amazing things so his new special just when he he also shares honestly that he um his struggles with panic attacks and anxiety while he was on stage and so he stopped performing for five years, I think he, he decided he couldn't do it anymore. Well, and, and then he was working on his um, mental health as he describes it. Uh, so then he, he felt uh, the stability and wellness to, and the energy, the desire to do this again. And just as he was decided to create another special, COVID happened, <laughs> lockdown happened, pandemic happened, et cetera. So I won't give any more away about it, but this new special that he's put out is just him again um, in his in this one room, and he does all the all the everything and the editing and the lights. It's extraordinary. It's pretty heavy too, so uh, pretty heavy for sure. Okay, so the context of intergenerational conversations and this Bo Burnham special he's he, he's he just turned 30 and he his uh the, the the content that he shares in this special is very resonant with these other conversations and some of the conversations have been around it's kind of an extreme word but uh, a sense of nihilism, a sense um, that some people maybe, I'm not speaking for all of certain age groups. I don't know if it's such a certain age groups anymore, um, but it's, it's this kind of um, pessimism um, or radical skepticism. It, it can also, nihilism can be very extreme views that are, you know, there's nothing to believe in and no purpose. Um, and and it, can, it can go to even further extremes. Um, and so I'm not necessarily talking about that, but kind of this, I don't, I, I hear this through many ages of people these days of, a sense of overwhelm and grief and despair. Um, of course, with the state of the world and the state of uh, what's happening to our earth and to each other, the great harm we are causing 
each other and ourselves, of course. And um, we're so plugged in, so aware, so connected with all that is happening globally that it can really be depressing, overwhelming, uh, numbing. There can be a sense of disconnect, of futility, of purposeful, purposelessness, lack of purpose, un uncertainty, what's the point, pointlessness, um, great confusion, despair, you know, it, it can go lots of directions. And it may be like much like on a continuum, it may be just kind of a, this sense of what's that other word that was going all uh, viral these days during this pandemic of uh oh i can't think of it now but the uh, this kind of on the of uh of people feeling rudderless and um not knowing what their purpose is uh and because of our isolation and um many people not being able to work or go to school or travel it's like what what is this what am i doing what's the what's going on with our world um and so let me just see yeah we're we're and it can feel so discombobulating so confusing and like the floor is pulled out from underneath us because we're so used to being so busy and having I've got places to go people to see things to do um you know oh you're here three times now Zach's <laughs> um let me just mute this. <clears throat> so, one moment. Okay, pardon me. Um, yeah, we're so used to pre-pandemic, perhaps, really, you know, uh, this big to-do list of things, what we're doing, where we're going, uh, all that kind of thing that this state of suddenly stopping or this state of limbo or not knowing where things going what's happening what's next and this can be for can affect all of us to different degrees uh different times um <clears throat> And I think this compounded by this, maybe some degree of nihilism, you know, maybe not the extreme version of that of feeling pointless and hopeless, but some sense of that um, can leave us feeling as if we have no known destination, like this um, wumple. <laughs> Uh, you know, this um, as yet unknown or vague des destination. We don't know where, 
what's happening? Where are things going? What am I doing next? Am I going to be able to, you know, move forward with any sort of plans, etc. <clears throat> and and yet, in many ways, this pandemic is, I think, revealing the nature of things. It is actually already always like this. We do not know. We don't know where we're going. We do not know how it's all unfolding from the infinite variables that are way beyond our control. And yet we, you know, we so love the security of thinking we have a handle on it, you know, that we have our plans and we know where things are going. And of course we need to make plans. We need to have thoughts of intention, but the, any clinging to that is really an illusion. And, and one way you can look at it, if that, you know, you're like, yeah, I don't know if that's true. I, I think I have a sense of what's going on. Uh, maybe uh, a helpful way to look at that is to look back and think, did I have any idea that my life would be where it is right now? That I would be who I am right now? in this situation, where I am, what I've done in my life, what work I've done, what relationships I've had, where I'm living, all that stuff. I mean, maybe maybe it's that way for you. For me, certainly not, certainly not. I, I certainly did not have any idea, especially like the further back, I think like a teenager or 20s, 30s, can you imagine me being a Dharma teacher? That's ridiculous. It still is ridiculous. But here I am, and I love it. And I love the Dharma. Um, but, you know, I, everything, I mean, I could go on. And so I don't know if that fits for you. Maybe it depends how old you are to look back and go, wow. And so how do we have this idea looking forward that we have some sense of destination as if that's something that's known. No, uh, there's some intention maybe, but boy, the life, life, other paths come and come along and we end up other places, other situations, other relationships with ourselves and others. And so how how do we continue to kadiwampo? How do we travel purposefully towards this as yet unknown destination? You know, this term, you can probably tell, obviously, is used more like for literal travelers, for people that are like, I'm off to Europe. Where, what are you going to do in Europe? I don't know. I'm going to kadiwampo is for that kind of thing <laughs> if you want to go to Europe just so you can say that uh, uh, you know people that don't have a destination they're just going to cruise around and see what happens and boy that's what my life has been like it's like I don't know let's see oh this door is opening let's walk this way oh no it's closed well let's see what else is happening 
that's how it's been for me. And so traveling purposefully in the midst of this not knowing, in the midst of this vague destination, we don't know how long this journey is or where it's going. And so what does this mean to travel purposefully? Um, if, if, when we're purposeful, we have an, there's an aim, um, an intention, and there's also a strong desire to achieve it. When someone is purposeful, they there is a, an intention and a strong energy and desire and vision, vision of that purpose. So how, how, do, how do these two fit together to have um, this purpose and intention and, and energy, commitment, without a clear destination. So it is something to reflect on for yourself, for your personal um, intentions in your life. Uh, in terms of the Dharma, I would, um, it seems to me that our purpose is the ending of Dukkha. This is what the, the Buddha pointed to and offered as a possibility and then showed us the ways towards that. So uh, for those that aren't familiar with that term, this is a Dukkha, D-U-K-K-H-A is a Pali word. And Pali is the language the teachings of the Buddha were first written down in as far as we know. And it, um, hmm. it means the unsatisfactoriness that is part of life. <clears throat> and it, it does not mean that all of life is unsatisfactory. Uh, it, it means that within this life experience, um, Conditions are beyond our control, meaning we can't keep everything we want and everyone we want, everything we want, and our team can't win <laughs> when we want. And, uh, <clears throat> and we can't get rid of what we don't want all the time or even very often. We're not in control of all these factors. Um, and so this creates an unsatisfactoriness uh, that is called dukkha. Um, Glenn Wallace describes dukkha this way as a spectrum of suffering, and I, I appreciate this so much. Um, so at one end of the spectrum is faint unsettledness and irritation impatience, annoyance, frustration, disappointment, dissatisfaction, aggravation, 
see we're moving up this spectrum here tension stress stress is around the middle point of this continuum anxiety vexation pain desperation sorrow sadness suffering misery agony and anguish um, and of course, you can add to this list, there's virtually no end to it. Um, and so you may resonate at different places on that spectrum at different times. Sometimes we feel great amounts of ease and peace. And, um, and then if there's clinging to that, then it's become suffering, even something beautiful, if it's like a, an, an amazing, wonderful um moment and then we want to keep it hold on to it now it's become something uh that is going to cause us stress so in the in teachings of meditation the practice of meditation the purpose of meditation is to understand that what we were just talking about dukkha this whole continuum and what causes it, and to know the ending of it. Of course, you can probably understand and feel in your own direct experience that it's not possible to end all that is painful in the world. We're aware of this daily. <sighs> And uh, so what is the part that we can, how does, how does suffering end then? How does dukkha, this whole continuum of suffering, end for us? And the Buddha pointed to the fact that he awoke to and saw that there is a cause for this whole spectrum of suffering. And the cause isn't uh, that the other team was better or that the weather was better somewhere else or the cause isn't that I'm aging, the cause isn't a sickness, the cause isn't all these other factors of um, the atrocities and um, abuse and violence that's happening in the world. Those things, uh, it's, it's the... It's the what we do with it that causes us the most pain. Whether we cling to it and try to control it and try to um, push away or hold on to things that we want or don't want. Conversely, I got them mixed up there. And this is not to say that we don't want to take action in the world, because part of the way that the Buddha showed the path to the ending of dukkha, the spectrum of dukkha, is right action, is right speech, wise speech, wise action, wise intention, the intentions to not cause harm, the intentions to act compassionately in the world. So all of that is not to say that um, we don't continue to act and respond to the suffering in the world, 
uh, but to really look deeply at our own conditioning of aversion and desire to see that that is the way that we can find liberation and freedom from suffering. All right, I should stop talking so we can practice. So to travel purposefully towards this vague destination, unknown destination that we are all in, is to clarify what is, what is purposefully for you. What is the purpose? What is your purpose? What are you trying to accomplish? Freedom, liberation, peace, clarity, wisdom, compassion, skillful action in the world, skillful response. These are aspects of the path. That, hmm. Maybe I'll just add this from, uh, this is from Norman Fisher, uh, who's a Zen Dharma teacher, who says, there is nothing more beneficial than being able to be present with the breath and with the body to what's happening when we are suffering without flailing all around in resistance. That's the beginning of a new path. That really reminds me of the poem that you shared at the beginning of uh, our Zoom, Kathy. Thank you for that lovely synchronicity. Um, so we'll, we'll, and the YouTube, we'll put the link to that down below um, because I'm referencing something you didn't hear. Um, yeah. So reflect on what does it mean to travel purposefully in this sense of uh, unpredictability in a world that tries so hard to cling to predictability. Yeah. So let's, let's kadiwampo or, um, or meditate as the case may be. So we're going to have a practice together now and practice uh, showing up here in the unknown with a skillful purpose, okay? So feel free to adjust and get yourself comfortable. If you're here on the Zoom call, you might like to turn away from the camera or uh, adjust your lighting or your posture. How much, how much of our pain and discomfort and stress in life is, comes from trying to control the destination? So coming into your posture for stillness, stillness and ease.
in our posture, we want a sense of wakefulness and ease. You could be doing walking meditation nearby if you wanted to uh, still be hearing. So it doesn't have to be uh, outer stillness, but a sense of inner stillness. So that we're not uh, distracting ourselves with busyness. Finding a posture for your eyes that supports your ease and presence, whether that's eyes closed or resting downwards. Some people find it settling for their system to look around their space or have their eyes open. So see what is most supportive for you right now. And then we try not to hurry to a destination right here in our meditation or kadiwampal practice. You don't need to rush onto an anchor for your attention. Just take time here to settle into the body and this moment, which means relaxing any tension that isn't needed. Feeling the sensations of the body meeting with the ground. Pressure, contact, texture. Body resting with ground. Weightedness, pressure. so that we can feel ourselves here now, not needing to get to another destination, just here, just now. And as we're settling into our presence and posture, relationship with ourselves, you can take some time now to feel into if there's an intention showing up here for you tonight. And this may resonate with this sense of purposefulness. Why are you practicing? Why are you here on the call or watching the recording? What is it that you're 
needing or cultivating or intending. wise intention on the path that the Buddha showed us as the way to the ending of Dukkha includes the intention for non-harm, the intention for non-ill will, In the positive, these could be called loving kindness and compassion. And the intention for renunciation. So sometimes with our purposefulness, we can be thinking about what we want or wish for, hope for. And see in these next few moments of silence if there's also an intention for a letting go. Perhaps this can feed your purposefulness in your practice tonight. And so that if or when you feel some sense of clarity, if that's showing up for you around intention or purpose with practice tonight, and then you can begin to cultivate an anchor for your attention. Your anchor could be the sensation of your body sitting or a particular part of the body. That this would be a place your attention comes back to, um, to cultivate some mindfulness and stability and calm. Or your anchor could be the sensation of breathing in the body. Or hearing as it comes and goes. So choosing an anchor that feels most accessible and stabilizing, calming for you this evening. A bodily sensation or breathing sensation or hearing experience.
And taking some time in these next few minutes of silence to cultivate some remembering and perhaps some stability with that anchor. So get curious about it, really notice its characteristics of coming and going. Even a sensation of the body that seems kind of permanent or solid has within it movements or vibration or pulse. Tonight, we're paying particular attention to the experience of impermanence. Nothing is staying the same. Sensations are changing, sounds, breath, thoughts. And it's all conditioned and not as predictable and controllable as we may like, as we may wish it to be. Recognizing our desire for predictability, destination, controllability, And seeing that even if we did everything right, we still don't really know.
Are we micromanaging our lives and this destination as if life is mistaken? So right here and now, we're practicing accepting and really knowing what is right now. Until we accept what is, we cannot move into what might be, what could be, what will be. Keep calmly knowing change. Keep purposefully knowing change. And if in this moment, as the practice continues, you may be beginning to feel some discomfort, physically, energetically, emotionally, mentally, 
this is when the practice is becoming very fruitful. Encouragement to continue brightening the awareness and recalling your purpose for your practice. Because here is when we can begin to feel and see and directly know the cause of suffering and stress. Perhaps a little bit of aversion is arising through sensation or thought or noise or me. Or perhaps some desire for something else that may be more fun, more entertaining is arising. Now, this is when you're having a fruitful practice. Stay with it. Recall your purpose. Why are you practicing? And then see, is there any clinging here? Understanding what the Buddha said, that clinging is the cause for dukkha. The intention for renunciation could be here. Is it possible to let go of clinging to wanting something else?
There's no other known destination right here and right now. And if our purpose is to understand dukkha and to know the ending of dukkha, This is the place that is known right now. And in these last three minutes, bring in the intention or renew your intention to practice renunciation, letting go of needing anything to be any other way than how it is right now. The paradox of change until we accept what is, we cannot move into what might be.
Um, Norman Fisher again says that suffering is not a mistake. It's not a problem. It's not your fault. It's not my fault. It's not the government's fault. You and I and the government make plenty of mistakes. <laughs> but the question of suffering is much bigger than that. So to, to see that this the suffering and the stress the not wanting and the wanting is the place to turn towards to really feel to understand what's happening to see how we're getting hooked and um not to be constantly trying to get to some other destination and to control and manipulate things that are beyond our capacity thinking that that will make us happy and peaceful Happiness and peace can be found right here in the midst of this um, mud and muck and pain and grief. Yeah, and um, as he said, the key thing is to turn towards the stuff, the suffering, instead of trying to figure out how to get rid of it or paper it over with all kinds of positive things. Mm. So thank you if you've joined us on the YouTube recording. Uh, please check the links down below to some of the to the poetry and quotes and definition of cottywampling. <laughs> and um, I wish you joyous travels to your as yet unknown destination. There's also links there to uh, support me to continue offering these free will offerings uh, if you find them supportive. Thank you for joining us. And if you're here on the Zoom call, you're welcome to stay if you like.